Mike Greenberg, the podcast. There are five quarterbacks, according to Christopher Marcus Canty, even though that's not his middle name, that have to make the Super Bowl this season to really improve their standing in the league. And there's a lot of pressure on these guys. We get to that now. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Normally on this show, it is called The Green List, but this is really more of the Canty List. But, you know, we'll, we'll call it The Green List. The C List. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. It's the C-list. Yeah, because Greeny is an A-lister. I am not. So let's call it the C-list. So are you ready to go? go. Five to one. Let us begin. Number five. All right. We got Lamar Jackson calling, and we know that he's angling for a brand new contract. Now, he's got Bernard Pollard throwing shade at him. (laughs) He's got the executives around the NFL throwing shade at him through Jeremy Fowler's. You didn't bump him from five to four after Bernard Pollard? No, I didn't do that at all. I mean, he's got everybody taking shots at him, saying that he can't get it done with his style of play. But maybe just maybe Lamar Jackson decides he's going to pull Joe Flacco in a contract year and go out and win the whole damn thing. That's the only way that he's going to shut up all of the naysayers because nobody's going to believe that he can do it with his unique style until it happens. And so Lamar Jackson under pressure to get it done and win the big one. Number four. Russell Wilson, Carlin, switching over from the Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. Now, this is somebody the last couple of years that has been trying to get out of Seattle. He's escaped from Pete Carroll and John Snyder. Now there's pressure on him to prove why he was in the right, why he's justified in wanting to get to a new situation. He wants to have more say. Nathaniel Hackett, their head coach, is going to give it to him. He also wants a new contract, Carlin. And Rob Walton, that Walton Perner group, this is a chance for Russell Wilson to make his first impression on that guy and uh, that group. And if he does, you're talking about Russell Wilson getting one of those massive contracts that we're seeing Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and others get. In order to get to the bag, he's got to deliver in a big way. He's got a tough division that he's going to do it in. But Russell Wilson does have the pieces in order to make a deep playoff run. Number three. I got to go with Josh Allen, Carlin. Now, he's already got his bag. And you're talking about him having one of the best supporting casts in the National Football League. Carlin, the Buffalo Bills are the only team that's returning a top five offense and a top five defense. Now, the question becomes, can you win a Super Bowl when you're paying a quarterback and a wide receiver top dollar? This is the experiment. Josh Allen in the Buffalo Bills, he's under pressure to deliver because guess what, Carlin? When you're making $43 million a year, it becomes a lot harder to keep all of the core pieces together. This is probably their last best chance with this core group before the Bills and Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have to turn it over. Pressure on Josh Allen to get it done in a big way. Number two. Rain Dakota Prescott. Why? Because it's the Dallas Cowboys, and it's a part of our contract that we talk about the Dallas Cowboys every single day. But in all seriousness, they gave him $40 million a year, Carlin. He's got $160 million on his contract. He got paid $70 million of that in year one of the deal. And Carlin, for all of the money that the Dallas Cowboys have given Dak Prescott and all of the, the help that they've put around him, he's got a grand total of one playoff win since he's become the quarterback. One. At some point, 
Something about that has to change. And let me tell you this, what we saw in the playoffs this past year and the gaffe at the end of the game does not help in terms of changing the perception of Dak Prescott being able to have postseason success. Now you look at this Dallas Cowboys team this offseason, they had to move on from Lyle Collins. They had to move on from Connor Williams. They had to move on from Amari Cooper. All of a sudden, a lot of pieces on the offensive side of the ball are going away And now Dak Prescott is going to have to overcome those deficiencies by elevating the play of everybody around him. Can he do that? Remains to be seen. But there's a lot of pressure on him to deliver in a big way because Jerry Jones wants a Super Bowl. He wants a Super Bowl before it's all said and done. Number one. It's Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) How could it not be? We don't judge Aaron Rodgers based on normal quarterback standards because he's not a normal quarterback. He's the back-to-back MVP. We judge Aaron Rodgers on his ability to get his team to the Super Bowl and win the big game. Colin, it's been a long time since we've seen Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. we got to go back to 2010. Long time. All I'm simply saying is if you're a bad man, and by that I mean the highest-paid player in the National Football League, you're going to have to find a way to be able to get that done. We already know that you have a competent head coach. The team has won 39 regular season games the last three years. Can you get it done? Can you get your team to a Super Bowl without Devontae Adams and without some of the other guys on the squad? That remains to be seen. I think he can, Carlin, but he's going to have to show us something that he hasn't showed us the last couple of years, which is that he can win the big games. Okay, I got a couple of problems with your list. All right, break it down for me, big fella. Here it is. Number one, there's no pressure on Aaron Rodgers. There's none. Okay. You know why? He doesn't care. Aaron Rodgers does not care. A championship to Aaron Rodgers is just a construct, and he is a mere voyager through time and space in his mind. You know, I, I'm with you. For any normal human, he's number one on that list. He's Kyrie. He's Kanye. He doesn't care, and he got the bag. I think that's all Aaron Rodgers cares about, living his life, being weird and grabbing everybody's attention at every turn. He doesn't care about what other people think? I think he cares about what other people think. I don't think he cares about what they think about his legacy as a quarterback. I don't think that. Interesting. Very interesting. I think he is good with where he is now because everything that he put America through the last couple of years has been worth it because he got everything he wanted. It's interesting that you say that, and I see the nuance in your argument because you're saying he cares about what other people think but not about his legacy. Because the first thing that I thought about was Aaron Rodgers purposely misleading folks with whether he was vaccinated or unvaccinated. That shows me that he hears things and that he's sensitive to mm-hmm. how he's perceived. But to extract his legacy and say that's something that he's securing, I don't know if I can make that claim, Carlin. I, I just don't know if I can. And to take it a step further, when it comes to the GOAT conversation – and being included in that, you got to win multiple championships. Like if we're gonna put you, up, if we're gonna put you up there with Tom Brady and Joe Montana and Peyton Manning, you got to get to and win multiple Super Bowls. Well, it's the first thing that we heard from him in OTAs a couple of weeks ago. It's well, listen, you don't walk in the door and everybody's great right away and all this stuff. He, he doesn't care. He's already setting you up for for telling you why they're gonna. Well, lose then, Carlin, how good is he? Let's have the conversation right now. How good is Aaron Rodgers? Did incredibly overrated. Incredibly wow. overrated. He puts up a ton of numbers in the regular season, but Chris, the only number I care about with Aaron Rodgers anymore is twelve and ten. The playoff record. But isn't and that one we Super should, Bowl in, appearance? But isn't that where we should be with Aaron Rodgers? With a guy that has back to back MVPs and is the highest played player. All, in the all I ever hear about Aaron Rodgers is 
how great he so, is and, and what a dynamic passer and maybe one of the best passers in the history of the game, but I see him come up small in some big situations. So what you're saying is you don't necessarily have a problem with Aaron Rodgers being number one on the list. You're saying that Aaron Rodgers doesn't care that oh, he's number one on the list. If I thought that Aaron Rodgers cared about pressure and felt pressure to win a championship, he would be number one on the list. Okay, but I my, don't but, think but, he but, feels that but at all. But here's the point, Carlin. Here's the point. This is my list about yeah. who has the most at stake as far as how we view their mm-hmm. legacy, not about how they feel about their legacy. Well, then, then yes, then I, then I would agree with that idea. There you go. But I got him on my side, folks. I'm going to need a full, uh, clearly, I'm going to need some kind of a full legal write-out as to what every list means in advance <laughs> as I'm evaluating your list. I'm going to throw two others at you real quick. All right. The second one, I don't even necessarily believe in, and I'm only saying it because I know it's going to tick you off. But the first one, Derek Carr, at some point, doesn't Derek Carr have to do something with his career in terms of winning? Didn't he do that last year? But that was only, listen, I credit him for everything that he did last year. Everything. But Derek Carr's been around. You know, he's been in the yeah, league eight been, years now. Yeah, he's been around, but he's played for the Las Vegas Raiders, I, formerly I the know. Oakland Raiders, one of the most I dysfunctional understand. franchises in the last 20 years. I understand. I would put him on the list ahead of Russ only because it's year one in Denver for Russ. Russ, I think, has to win one, but he, I don't think he has to win one this year. I don't think he has to win one this year. And then the other guy I'm going to throw in, just because they never get over the hump is Ryan Tannehill. And I know you can't stand Ryan Tannehill, but he never does. And because he and he has gotten paid a ridiculous amount of money for a quarterback that is not Yeah, but Carlin, when we put together this list, there has to be the possibility that they can do it. Right. You know, like, like, this is exactly the, why I what's mentioned the, What's them. the point of talking about, man, you know, you know, Jared Goff really needs a Super Bowl this year. What are we talking about? Jared Goff and the Lions ain't going to the Super Bowl? Jared Goff and Aaron, no. Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers. No, stop it. Kirk Cousins really needs a Super Bowl with all the money he's made. Man, no. Kirk Cousins ain't going to the Super Bowl. Hey, stop yourself. Listen. Listen, the Tennessee when, Titans, as much as I love Mike Vrabel, they ain't going nowhere with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. When you're evaluating... Uh, Aaron Rodgers all-time, just remember, he has the same amount of Super Bowl appearances as Jared Goff. Canty and Carlin wow. on ESPN Radio. At least he won one. And ESPN Plus. <laughs> it's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restriction supply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Other thing that with Aaron Rodgers, too, is when he grew the mustache, it just looked Horrible. And this morning, like, I'm going to pose this question to you now. I want you to think about this. Okay. And I want other people to think about this. You want me to marinate it a little bit? Yes, a little bit. What percentage of men actually look good with a mustache? Because I I saw one this morning, and I'm not saying it didn't look good, but I was thinking to myself when I saw this person, interesting choice. I... There's not a good amount of people that look good with a mustache. And if you want to see what I'm talking about, you should go to my Twitter. Because I had a mustache for roughly four minutes, exactly. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. (laughs) And you will see what that looks like. And you will see what I am talking about. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. Up next, though, the second of our two-a-days. Sean Payton was in the headlines yesterday. But what are his former team going to be with... What is his former team going to be without him? 
Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio's NFL Two-A-Days. The New Orleans Saints. I think the addition of Jarvis Landry puts them neck and neck with Tampa Bay. Neck and neck. The Saints are better now than they were this time last year, and the Buccaneers are worse. The Saints are a very strong contender to be Super Bowl favorites because they have one of the best rosters in all of football, and Jameis just has to continue to not throw the ball to the other team. That's a big if right there. Wow, we got to stop it with this, man. (laughs) I thought Bernard Pollard was capping. Boy, some of these breakdowns on the New Orleans Saints. Come on, big fella. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, also on your smart speaker. And we are in for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance, a triple threat of protection with home, auto, and more. Visit Progressive.com. The New Orleans Saints, let's start, first of all, with the biggest department for them, and that is Sean Payton. A new report yesterday linked Sean Payton after this year to the Dolphins, the Chargers, the Cowboys as three teams that he could have interest in. It was Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald uh, who had that story. Um, Number one, and the source was, quote, close to Payton. Mm -hmm. I hate the idea that this was out there, and I, I know this is me being Pollyanna. Mike McDaniel hasn't even coached a game yet. I mean, can we not talk about who his replacement's going to be quite yet, even though it's Stephen Ross? And I know I'm just being Pollyanna when I say this. Yeah, this is the business of the NFL. Yeah. If, if teams look at the opportunity to upgrade at the coaching spot, who cares if Mike McDaniel doesn't get a fair shake? Did but, Steve, but the source hold on, hold on. was from Peyton's side. That's what I didn't love. Well, Sean Payton's trying to do whatever he needs to do to put himself in the best situation. I, yeah. I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. Sean Payton wants to, you know, take a year off and then find the best landing spot for him, a place where he feels like he could have the quality of life he's looking for and do high-level winning. I, I don't have a problem with Sean Payton's side putting that out there. Mike McDaniel just has to understand I'm coming into this season knowing that this might be my only shot to prove myself as a head coach in the National Football League. Now, that aside... I don't get it. 
across the board with so many people really counting on the Saints being a great team this year. The way I've heard it, and tell me if I'm wrong, they are one of the favorites in the NFC, according to a lot of people. And I just don't see how that's the case when you have your quarterback situation that you do with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, and you have Sean Payton, the best coach in the history of your organization, is gone. And now you're supposed to expect, I, I get it, Jarvis Landry helps, Teron Matthew helps, Marcus May helps, but I don't look at the Saints right now and say they're going to go get it done in the NFC when the two biggest issues are the quarterback and the coach. No, the Saints are not going to do high-level winning. How can you say they're a contender where they're not even a threat to the Bucks to win the division? It's not going to happen just because they've had the and Bucks. by the way, they lost Teron Armstead, too. They which, lost Teron yeah. Armstead, and they're replacing him with the rookie, Trevor Penning, from Northern Iowa. So yep. we'll see how that goes. I still like their offensive line. I like some of the pieces on offense, and I think they'll have a top-flight defense. But, Carlin, you mentioned it. I mean, the, the biggest factor is going to be coaching. And let's, let's remember this. In football – Coaching matters more than any of the other professional sports leagues. It does. And so you're not having one of the top three or four coaches in the National Football League on your sidelines this year. And oh, by the way, the guy that's replacing him and Dennis Allen has only proved that he's a failed head coach. So I can't have any degree of confidence that they're going to be able to unseat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And a part of this breakdown and this evaluation saying that the Saints are better than Tampa right now, you might be talking about the whole roster, but think about the disparity between quarterback play that you got from Jameis Winston and what you got from Tom Brady last year. Tom Brady threw for 5,300 yards and 43 touchdowns last year. Okay, that is the biggest factor in terms of trying to determine who's going to win this division and who should be viewed as a favorite in the conference overall. We talked about it earlier in the show. Look at all the division winners from last year, Carlin. Those teams had the best quarterback play. Is there any question what team in the NFC South is going to have the best quarterback play? No, not not at at all. all. And here's the other thing that we got to keep in mind. You actually have to go out and play teams. The New Orleans Saints have the seventh ranked strength of schedule in the National Football League. I mean, good luck with that with Jameis Winston as your quarterback coming off a reconstructed knee. It's a little tough to take when we're talking about their schedule after week one being, you know, one where they could get out to a decent start. But you look into like middle of October, they go on a stretch where they've got the Bengals. They're at Arizona. They've got the Raiders. They've got the Ravens. They've got uh, the Steelers, but then they've got the Rams, 49ers, and Bucks. Browns later on. Eagles later on. Yeah, they get the Falcons and the Panthers twice. But and that Panthers game in Charlotte ain't no gimme for the New Orleans Saints. No, it is not. That ain't no it gimme. never is. That ain't and, no gimme. And, and having said that, I mean, yeah, they could get off to a good start. Falcons at, at Atlanta, the Bucks at the Panthers – and the Vikings and Seahawks at home. That's a good first five games. You better get out of the gate four and one if you're going to have a chance. Because yeah. otherwise, it gets ugly after that. And here's the other thing, Carlin, that we have to consider. Alvin Kamara ain't going to be available early on this season. He said he's anticipating a suspension because of the altercation that he had earlier this offseason, running afoul of the personal conduct possibly. You could be missing him for four to six games to start the season. Those games that you have to win. That matters. Yeah. So, I mean, we're we're sitting there saying this about the the roster for the New Orleans Saints. I I, I get it. I like some of the pieces that are in place. 
But in order to have somebody to put all of this together and to mitigate the deficiencies that they have, I don't have any degree of confidence they're going to get that done. One other thing. Michael Thomas, last time we saw him, he was banged up, not playing, and was not happy with the situation in New Orleans. How is that going to go with Jameis Winston, a quarterback this year? That's a great question. But I do like the addition of Juice Landry and Chris Olave, their other first round. I like Olave a lot. Both of those guys are going to help out in the pass. Or they should help out in the passing game if you get competent quarterback play from Jameis Winston. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus filling in for Greeny today. Are you excited to travel this summer? Have you ever thought about all of the people that make a vacation truly great? Like a chef at that world-class restaurant or the tour guide with great stories. You know, if you're hiring, you can find great people like these for your roles at ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash greenie. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash greenie. Okay, up next, we have an awful lot more to get into on the NFL with training camps approaching. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL Insider, will join us in just moments. Are the Saints for real? Should we believe in them? Are Chris and I way off? We'll talk to Jeff about this and that question we asked earlier. Remember last week we had that discussion about Jeff being pretty handsome? We did. Maybe you weren't here that day. You were not here that day. No, I mean, I probably was here. I was just made to feel uncomfortable because I don't like judging All right, well, the appearances of Jeff is a good-looking guy. You, you, at least, I think Jeff's a good-looking uh, guy. I, you're taking it to an uncomfortable place, Carl. Right, if you keep going down right, this road, I'm going to go to HR. All right, well, that, that aside, okay. that would be the first time I was... Well, actually, no. That would be the second. Um, <laughs> I'd never seen HR. It only happened one other time. And it wasn't for anything like that. <laughs> but I would say, HR at ESPN It would be my first First time. Um, but anyway, that aside, now I got to regroup. Uh, we will ask Jeff if a man can really pull off a mustache. What percentage of men really get it done? Just food for thought. One response I already got on Twitter. It's zero percent, zero point one 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 percent. One man ever can pull it off. Tom Selleck. That's it. That's, that's, that's fair. That's strong. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. <laughs> Greeny, the podcast. I am completely thrown off by the Big 12 right now because this is a golden opportunity for them to establish themselves as the third conference. Mm. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. They hired Brett Yormark and... I get it because he's a very uh, marketing savvy individual, uh, ran the Barclays Center in New York, uh, was with Rock Nation. I just don't know if this is the right guy in terms of running the conference uh, in college athletics, given what the landscape is right now. Now, you could say maybe you need to think differently right now sure. but if you know but if he's selling you on you know jay-z showing up at baylor kansas state to flip the coin <laughs> i don't i don't think that's where you're going here now look we'll we'll, we'll see how that's going to play out having said that chris they have got to lock down 
a couple of these Pac-12 schools. That's what it comes down to. It's an arms race to get to these Pac-12 schools, and you already see the ACC making overtures, trying to have a quasi-alliance with the Pac-12 and play all of these games. But the Pac-12 seems like the conference that's going to go the way of the dinosaur. Now it's just a matter of taking the most valuable properties, the most valuable schools, out of that conference, and it's going to come down to the Big Ten, who's going to have first crack at it, but also the Big 12 and the ACC. And if you're the Big 12, when you look at the geographical footprint, it makes the most sense to be more aggressive than those other two conferences and getting some of those Pac-12 schools in there. Well, I'll tell you what they have to do. If you get a couple of the main schools, others will tip. If you go and get Arizona State and Utah... Arizona and Colorado are going to join them. Yeah. They're going to come. And if you get those four schools and you have Washington and Oregon and those two are kind of waiting to get into the Big Ten and hoping they get into the Big Ten, you got to put them to a decision. Mm-hmm. Like, can I hope and pray that I get in? But if I don't, I'm kind of screwed. Do I need to take the sure thing here with the Big 12? A- absolutely. Yeah. And here's the thing. It doesn't have to be a-, a fair scale when it comes to the portion of the television rights money that's getting doled out to these schools. If it takes them getting an unequal portion, i.e. giving these Pac-12 schools a little bit more in order to join the Big 12, then so be it. Because if you don't get those schools, you're probably talking about the end of your conference sooner rather than later. So to maintain significance in major college football, you have to do these deals. You have to get this done. Look, they did what they did last year to add a couple of schools when they needed to. Now you have to get some really high exposure schools. And what you have left there are those schools. I I don't think going to, you know, Stanford's not going to go to the Big 12, which means Cal's not going to do it either. You've got to lock down those others and put Washington and Oregon to a decision. Are the Saints for real? Should we actually believe in them? It's Canty and Carlin. In for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us right now on the phones. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff Darlington. Jeff, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. In for Greeny. We appreciate the time as usual. And let's just start there. We were just doing our, our ESPN Radio two-a-days and the New Orleans Saints. And there's a lot of hype around the Saints this year. Is it justified mm-hmm. to you? It is. Uh, first of all, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, yeah, no, it is. Um, uh, I, I think it's justifiable. My only thing is, like, I do think that we are sort of underestimating the impact of Sean Payton's departure a little bit. I, I love Dennis Allen. I think he's awesome. I think Pete Carmichael is obviously very capable of, of being the offensive coordinator or, you know, and kind of taking a bigger role on as he's sort of done in the past years with Sean Payton. But Peyton is one of the better coaches of the last 20 years in the NFL. And that, that would be my only sort of hesitation is like, you know, you take a, a great coach out of an equation and there's a chance that, that your organization takes a hit. They've done a good job of making a smooth transition. I just wonder if that's enough. Jeff, what's the timeline in terms of the NFL determining any form of discipline for uh, Alvin Kamara, knowing that he had that offseason altercation, which he himself said he's expecting to be suspended for? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, we, we focus so much on the discipline with Deshaun Watson and kind of haven't focused as much on Kamara. I, I would imagine that it would come down before training camp. Um, it feels like the type of news, honestly, that the NFL wants to get out of the way before camp. Uh, and not to mention, you know, it, it, it kind of benefits all involved to, to know that. But 
you know, from my understanding, the Saints are operating under the expectation that perhaps uh, he will face some sort of suspension, even if it's not one that will uh, leak into the deep part of the season. Jeff Darlington with us, ESPN NFL reporter. Okay, what did you make yesterday of the reports regarding Sean Payton and Dallas, Miami, those uh, just a couple of potential places he could end up next year? I mean, I think it's a a, a little, I think, um, what was it, the Chargers as well was another yeah. one. And Barry Jackson, by the way, who reported that, is uh, actually a former coworker of mine and, and absolutely plugged in. So not to question that, I, I think it's a little audacious of Sean if he's thinking like, that you know, throwing out a list of names. What was the quarterback who did that? Gosh, I can't remember. Was it Deshaun? Some quarterback put out a list of places. Or Russell. Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson. And he put Wilson. the Cowboys on there. When, when, uh, when Dak Prescott was the quarterback. There. He put that's the Giants Dak on there too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, well, that's fine. It's a, the Giants and it's Daniel Thomas. And you're kind of like, yeah, that guy hasn't really done that much. But if I'm Dak, I'm kind of like, Dude, it's not like I'm uh, some scrub, you know? So I think that it's a little audacious to think that Mike McDaniel, for instance, I know he's a first-year head coach, but a team's not going to give up after, on him after one year. If anything, they'd probably change the quarterback and blame Tua over Mike. And, and Brian Staley's done a good enough job with the Chargers that that's not going to happen. The Cowboys, absolutely. Uh, if we're making the comp, Mike McCarthy is Daniel Jones in that situation and should be looking over his shoulder knowing the relationship and the connection to Dallas that Sean Payton has. So if Sean Payton ended up in Dallas at any point, let, let alone next year or the middle of this season, it would not literally surprise me in the least. Talking with ESPN NFL reporter Jeff Darlington on Greeny. And Jeff, just walk us through the logistics if Sean Payton does, in fact, decide he wants to coach at one of those destinations in 2023. Would the New Orleans Saints be in position to extract, extract some form of draft capital yeah. because of Sean Payton owning his rights to being a coach? They would, and that's happened in the past, and I don't want to speak out of turn, but it's happened with some very big coaches. I mean, the most famous trade of all time was Don Shula back in the day. I think Bill Belichick also was traded. I get that's probably more famous. So we're talking about some pretty big names. Um, It takes obviously a coveted, very successful coach to be able to kind of create that sort of leverage. But absolutely. Sean Payton is that guy and and would, would definitely uh, draw that kind of, you know, I don't know what kind of compensation it would honestly be, um, but, but they would get something. Jeff, we were talking about the Colts in our other two-a-day earlier. They're the favorites to win the AFC South, but where do you see them stacking up in the AFC as a whole? I like them a lot. I honestly, I mean, I know the AFC is a difficult division to, to or a conference to, um, to, you know, win any division and then obviously get one of those wildcard spots. But I think Matt Ryan with the Colts is just head and shoulders, puts that team kind of where – the weird Carson Wentz lovers of the world, which, uh, you know, I think weird and Carson Wentz lover is like redundant, <laughs> but like the, where they thought the Colts would be when he signed there. Like Matt Ryan is, gosh, I mean, we talk about Carson Wentz, like he's an MVP candidate every year until now, but Matt Ryan is legitimately that guy to me. I think he's going to put the Colts on a different level this year and will contend for that division, even though I think that the Titans still, with Derrick Henry healthy, um, should be able to win it. Jeff, I'm looking at the NFC West, and there are a lot of question marks with some young signal callers. Kyler Murray wanting to get a deal done before training camp. The San Francisco 49ers wanting to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo before training camp starts. How do those two situations work themselves out as we get ready for camp the next couple of weeks? So, um, 
Yeah, I was just reporting earlier on Sports Center. I had some conversations with uh, with the guys in Arizona, and uh, they're they're very optimistic and hopeful that they should get this deal done with Kyler Murray by the start of training camp. Um, which obviously it kind of went sideways in February. And I talked to Steve Kahn, the GM back then, and he was like, "These deals take time. Like, you can't just." these are very nuanced deals that'll get done in the summer. And it looks like that is positioned to actually happen. Um, and I, and Jimmy G same thing. I know people keep wanting to say, Oh, the 49ers should hold on to him. I get zero sense talking to anybody with the 49ers that that is the desire. He's going to be traded. Um, he wants out by the way, he doesn't want to do that again. And the 49ers want to get that $26 million salary cap hit off of their books uh, with a lot of other contracts, including Debo Samuel, to get done. So, uh, you know, Jimmy's starting to throw again. I think the market will open up, whether it's once training camp starts or once something happens in camp. But I, my anticipation is Jimmy G will not be with the 49ers, certainly by week one. Jeff, do you believe it's an actual competition between Sam Darnold and ba- Baker Mayfield? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's like one of those rare instances where um, there's not like it's not like a guy was the first overall pick and he's coming in and and he's the obvious he's going to win the job and the coach just says it's a competition like they always do. It's not like one guy is paid excessively more than the other, even though obviously you know Baker's five million dollars and Sam's eighteen, but the team doesn't really view it that way because both are on expiring contracts. I, from I mean, this is a may the best man win situation, and and I truly do believe that. And, um, yeah, I think Baker might have the leg up because the team has seen what Sam has done. And Baker has this photographic memory that should allow him to catch up really quick in terms of the playbook. Um, So I could see him winning the competition. But going into it, I think they'll split the first team reps and both get every opportunity. Jeff, since we're talking about quarterback competitions in training camp, we got to go to Pittsburgh where Mitch Trubisky and first-round pick Kenny Pickett are set to duke it out. And i got to ask you this question because Trubisky – is not on a huge contract. They signed him two years, $14 million this offseason. How do you see that quarterback battle taking shape in training camp, and who ends up being the week one guy for the Steelers? So that's a really good question. I mean, I think Mitch is obviously positioned to win the job going into it. It's it's his to lose, really. But you know what I mean? You know when, like, every year, whether it's Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott, like – there's always a quarterback who comes out as a rookie into camp and all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's easier for that guy. Like, I, I wonder who that's going to be this year. And I think Kenny Pickett might be positioned more so than anybody to surprise us and go in there and be a little bit, you know, he's like, he's, he's going into the same building where he, he practiced in college at, at Pitt. I, there's just something in my mind that feels like he's going to give Mitch a little more run for his money than we're expecting. I'm totally throwing that against the wall. It's not like I know anything about football, as you know, Candy. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? I just, I, every year someone comes out and does something we don't expect, and I feel like Kenny Pickett's position to maybe be that guy. All right, Jeff, last one. Kenny was not here last week. Uh, when we established you're a good-looking guy. We've talked about this. Uh, that was I Hembo. didn't establish that, by the way. No, we but, did. And I mean, Hembo and I were talking and, about and when, Yeah, He says we, meaning Carlin. Well, okay, but... It was Hembo. Hembo gets a little weird with that stuff. He does, yeah, exactly. Like he really... It, it, it is He odd. tried to put me up against Field Yates. Yeah. Last week it was Alan Hahn. 
Yeah, that was that was the argument last week, and he started talking about Han being a chiseled god. Like that was okay. Did, did he watch the two on two challenge? <laughs> well, it's true. Did he it's watch true. the ESPN Radio two on two challenge? <laughs> Slide a credit card underneath those hops. Right, I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway, Jeff, yeah. I I looked on television this morning, and I saw uh-huh. Randy Scott doing Sports Center, and Randy yeah. Randy has opted to go with growing out the yeah. mustache. Right. Not in relation to Randy directly. What percentage of men actually look good with a mustache? I mean, I think that's a better question for their suitors. I would say, um, like, I don't no know. No beard, only mustache. Off. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, Randy definitely, no. Like, that, he definitely did not pull it off. No. He looked like a character <laughs> off of the first season of True Detective. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, it takes a guy like Brad Pitt to pull that off because, like, you can't, you, you know, you rub mud on that guy's face and he still looks good. Like, you, you, you can dirty that guy up and he's still fine. I just don't, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I don't know. Has anybody really pulled that off exceptionally well? Tom Selleck is the only one that we've come up with yes, so far. Yes. I know. Yeah. Like, that's like people like my mom who love Tom Selleck. Yeah. That's, that's but, pretty. But, I mean, you got to put that number weird. under 10%, maybe under 5 Under 5%. Yeah. Yeah. Under five, under five. I love a good mustache. I, I mustache. But mustache we don't. Yeah, I, I think it. that's the the Latin. Yes, mustache. Yes, I think that's how it's <laughs> <The mustache>. <laughs> Jeff, thank you. Mustache? Appreciate it. Once again, yeah. you have offered clarity to the situation. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. I, I, I saw Randy on Sports Center this about morning. Good mustaches. Like there are not many. Ditka, good mustache. It was a Chicago mustache. Like he looked at Andy Reid? No. No, I'm just thinking about good mustaches. So in case people haven't seen it, and you saw it this morning, I tweeted Mm -hmm. it out, and I also put it on Instagram. So several years ago uh, in 2016, uh, I was working at SNY here in New York, and myself and John Hine, who were hosting a show at the time, grew out our beards until Ryan Fitzpatrick would sign. Uh And so once he did with the Jets... We had somebody come in, a barber, and shave off the beards. Mm -hmm. And the barber shaved off the beard and just left the mustache for like four minutes. Yep. I swear to God, if Chris Hansen was watching, he would have (laughs) called the TV station immediately (laughs) and then called the police department. Because it's such... Tell me that if you threw a pair of glasses and a play card in front of me, as we see the picture right now on ESPN+, and you can see it on my Twitter and on Instagram, uh, that guy Carlin, by the way, um, that... It, it, that I'm not Andy Reid. If I had a little hat, a chief's uh, little chief's hat, and a play card in front of me and some glasses, I don't know. I mean, if you put on the glasses, I'm getting more Georgia State trooper than I am Andy <laughs> Reid. That's the way. That's the way it looks to me. But here's the one thing I will say, Carlin, because I'm sitting. I, I look I'm like sit, something coming out of Cannonball I'm Run. Here <laughs> racking my brain about great mustaches. Yeah. How about Kurt Russell from Tombstone in the movie? All right. Well, Kurt yeah. Russell's mustache from Tombstone. Yeah. Sports. Mike Vrabel, head coach of the Tennessee Titans. That is a nice mustache. Give him credit. It's a nice stash. Look, give him credit where credit is due. It's a nice stash. Devin Kane, do you have anybody, anybody that you would say absolutely has a great mustache, looks amazing with it? Anyone. Crickets. I'll give you another one. I'll give you one other one. I'm listening. You know who looks great with a mustache? Who? Keith Hernandez. 
Yes. Looks great Keith with Hernandez a mustache. Hernandez just had his jersey number retired in yep. City Field. He did, yeah. And when he shaved it off, mustache. he's one of those guys, doesn't look good when he shaved it off. Not good. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. See, that's the place where you take the conversation. I am happy to judge people's I don't looks like because clearly I should do that. I, yeah, I, you make me uncomfortable when you do it okay. every single well, time. I don't mean to. I don't yeah. mean to. One last thing that you I stand have, by Mike Vrabel's mustache. By the way. <laughs> I stand by it. I mean, go, go look it up on the internet. I stand by it. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase. I, he deserves better quarterback play with that mustache. He absolutely he does. Better I got to leave you with this, though. And this is just very quickly. I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm Charles, sorry, what? Charles Barkley yesterday on the Washington Football Talk podcast, unique way of reacting to Bradley Beal's $251 million contract. Quickly, what was your reaction to Bradley Beal contract? Wow. Let me tell you something. My mom, I love my mom. She passed away a few years ago. Every time I see one of those contracts, I want to drive to the graveyard and just snatch her up and say, why couldn't you just wait a couple more years to have me? (laughs) Wow. Wow. His mother, rest her soul. He ain't trying to give her no rest. Oh. I, I, he outdoes himself I love, every time. I love, I love Charles Barkley. I do too. But 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 I mean, it has to be jarring for some of these all time greats to see the level that these contracts rise to. I mean, you're talking about yeah. guys getting fifty million dollars a year. Think about the Jokic contract, Carlin. I mean, you're talking about approaching average annual value of sixty million dollars a year. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Great country. We right. got problems, but it's a great country. What about Barkley with a mustache? No. No. Didn't really, Not so work, didn't really work. That's a hard no for me, dog. <laughs> hard pass. Chuck, no. we don't need you to do that. He'll we don't take, need you to do that. He'll take the 251, that's for sure. But yeah. Chuck, Chuck's done fine, by the way. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.